God honors those who serve Him. Wow. That's what we're talking about today. That's our uh, text. If you go with me in Acts chapter 6, please. God honors those who serve Him. Today we're, we're looking at the early church, continuing to the book of Acts, talking about bold service. That's our topic for the day. Bold service. And um, in Acts chapter 6, what we're going to see is this early church, it was growing, growing, growing. It was growing in number. And you'll never guess what happened when this early church and all its people were growing in number. What do you think happened to their needs? Did they increase or decrease? Ah, they increased. More people, more needs. Both spiritual needs and physical needs, as we'll see in Acts chapter 6. And it was hard. We're going to see it's hard for the leaders to keep up. These leaders, they love God. They love the people of this first church. And they were trying to do everything. Trying to do too much. They had less to do. They had less people. And then it was just growing and expanding and exploding. And so they're trying to keep up with all these needs. But uh, a few people can only do so much. And they, they had to enlist more volunteers. More volunteers. Woo! Yes! I love to volunteer, don't you? Wow. <laughs> Man, okay, then this is going to be a lot longer than it was originally going to be. We're not leaving until everybody signs up for something. Woo! Yeah! Oh, now you're excited. Now you're listening. Okay. You want to get out of here to lunch. All right. So that's where we find ourselves, ministering to this growing church. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 6, verse 1. But as the believers... Rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. I know this has never happened in a church before or since, but here there was complaining, there was rumbling of discontent. Uh -huh. The Greek-speaking believers complained oh, about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. We're going to pause there, read the rest in a little bit. You can write this down. Thanks for your patience as we make progress. <laughs> okay. Thanks for your patience is kind of what I picture these early church leaders saying uh, as we make progress. Look, there's some wrong things happening in the church. There's some injustices taking place. We're not perfect. They're not perfect. We want to serve, but it's hard. Thanks for your patience. We're trying to grow in this and meet all these needs, but it's hard. And so I'll just say that to all of you today. Thanks for your patience with Troy View Church. We want to make progress every day. And I know it's easy. Isn't it so easy to complain about things in life? To grumble, to moan and groan about everything. And about church. And about your pastor, even though most people don't complain to my face about it. They complain to somebody else. And gossips to somebody else. Rachel, she complains to my face. I appreciate that. <laughs> I can't believe the pastor did this no 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 she's great but I'm not perfect your church leaders are not perfect no one in this church is perfect because only Jesus is perfect and so we're going to have an imperfect church until Jesus comes back and makes everything perfect but until then thanks for your patience thanks for not getting too uh, crazy with us or grumbling or complaining I know there are things to complain about I see that more than anybody because I'm involved in a lot of the things and I have complained before too. 
But instead of complaining, instead of grumbling, maybe we can do like constructive criticism. It's not, it's not wrong to say something. As long as maybe we're part of the solution. As long as we propose uh, something to solve it, to help fix it. Complaining to complain is not helpful to anybody. Gossiping behind backs and can you believe this person did this and they don't do this and they should do this. It's so easy to grumble and complain um, about the faults in the church, but we all fall and we all fail. And even the greatest pastors, even Billy Graham had his faults. Even Pastor Dan, you know I'm pretty imperfect, okay? The leaders in our church are imperfect. We are all a messy... Hey, wait a second. You're not supposed to amen the pastor imperfect part. A few years ago, we preached through 1 Corinthians. We went through that verse by verse. And the main theme, what also for our conference, Northeast Conference, imperfect people following a perfect Savior. That's what we are. And so they were... They happened to be accidentally serving some groups of people, these widows, Greek-speaking, Hebrew-speaking, kind of different places outside the city of Jerusalem and some inside, but they were serving more, some more than others. I don't think that was their purpose, um, but others spoke up. The widows didn't grumble and complain, but others were speaking on their behalf and saying, look, this isn't right. That's not fair. There's an injustice taking place and we need to do something about it. Because back then, the, the widows, they didn't have welfare programs. They didn't have government aid. They didn't have food stamps. They didn't have a 401k. They didn't have a, a life insurance policy from their husband. They, if their husband died, or maybe they didn't have sons uh, to take care of them, they were destitute after that. They were in trouble. And so the church is stepping up and saying, hey, we love you. We want you to know Jesus. And not just spiritual things, but physical things. If there's a need that we can meet, if there's some way we can help you practically in the day-to-day -day of your life, we want to do that too. If you don't have food, we will bring you food. And we just happen to have a food pantry. See, we're trying to be like the early church. If people have physical needs... Uh, we want to try and meet those as much as possible. If we had $10 million, you know, there'd still be more bills to pay for people having, you know, in difficult financial situations. But as much as possible with our oh, deacons fund, we try to help people in the community and especially in our church community with whatever physical needs they have as well as care for the spiritual needs. We'll get to deacon in a little bit, but just remember that. That's what our deacons fund is for. So we want to solve the problem, so. Not just complain, but so And so they, we see in a little bit, they had people step up and volunteer their time and volunteer their talents because we're all different, aren't we? We all have different skills. We all have different abilities. We all have different uh, perspectives. We all have different um, spiritual gifts and natural gifts and ways that we're inclined, things we're good at, that we can contribute to the body of Christ. All working together, one body, many different parts, working together, and they needed more people helping. There was a wrong, and they wanted to make it right. What we don't want to do is just complain and just whine for the sake of venting or getting it off our chest. Or, or what about when we complain? This is, I think, maybe one person's definition of complaining is, uh, I don't know if we want to say spewing gossip, but 
complaining, talking to somebody who's not involved with the problem and they can't do anything to fix it. So why are we complaining to other people? Part of it could be gossiping, but whining, complaining, getting frustrated, venting to other people and they're not a part of the solution. Now maybe they could become a part of the solution, but I think sometimes we just like to complain just to complain, don't we? To make ourselves feel a little better, like I'm above them and they're kind of down here. Maybe, not, not every time. It all depends on our attitude. Sometimes we want things to change. But I'm just telling you, when you complain to somebody who doesn't have the power to do anything about it, maybe we should just take a step back and say, this isn't helping at all. In fact, it's just like making it worse. Now, other people are upset about things. Uh, we'll say things in the church that uh, they can't do anything about. Let's, let's maybe bring it to the leaders like they did in this early uh, church. Bring it to the leaders and get some volunteers to do something about it. That's what I want to do. I'm not saying we never have any problems. I'm not saying we can't improve. I'm just saying thanks for your patience as we make progress because I'm an imperfect pastor. We have an imperfect church, but we want to do better. I want to grow. And you see what happened when they, when they helped fix these problems, when they had volunteers step in and give of their time, their talents, and their treasure, uh, their skills and abilities, what happened was the church continued to multiply. The church continued to grow. I've been pastor here 11 and a half years. And I think I have grown the church from 100 people to 50 people or so. <laughs> I've done almost 40 funerals. Not everybody was in the church. Uh, but a lot of them were. And we've lost a lot of people, you know, where Bill and Betty used to sit, right? You know, where Don and Mary Jane used to sit, and all these people that we love and we miss so much. Um, but that's just the nature of things. We lose people. People die. And I want to be a church that meets not only spiritual needs, but also seeks to meet physical needs. Not just the leaders, not just the pastor. <laughs> But all the people volunteering to help the widows and those in need, other, other people who are in need of help, uh, I hope and I pray that our church doesn't die. That it grows like this early church. And it thrives and it multiplies as the believers are united together in mission and in cause and in purpose for loving the people, serving the church, together, everybody working together, giving them the love of Jesus and teaching and training and discipling and meeting physical needs. And they kept growing. I don't want to die as a church. I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to plateau. I think we have been for years. New people come, other people leave or pass away. And I want... My, my dream is for, uh, my hope is that more and more people know Jesus. That we're meeting spiritual needs. That we're meeting physical needs. That this church, the sanctuary is packed out. We've got to put people in the fellowship hall. We've got to redo our parking lot and expand our parking lot. Because there's more and more people hungry to know the good news of Jesus. And to do something about that. And to serve and love and give to one another. I want Jesus, his, his name to be glorified and multiplied in us. I want us to grow. Do you want to grow? Or are you comfortable with where we're at? 
Are you comfortable with where you're serving? Or comfortable with where you're not really serving? I'm not, I don't want to judge attitudes. I don't want to judge hearts because I can't. But there are some people in our church who do a lot of work. Who, what do they say? 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Right? Or 20, 80, whatever it is. 10, 20% give uh, most of the, the resources. And I know that people are in different situations. People are busy. People have more resources, resources than others. That's why we share. That's why we work together as a body to do this thing. But everybody can serve in some way. I think it's later in, maybe in, in James or something. Corinthians. The widows, maybe they weren't as physically able, but they were praying. And that's a way. The people maybe with uh, physical difficulties can be a part in serving as well. But I just, I just want to encourage and challenge everybody to serve more for Troyview Church, for, for the cause of Jesus, to be a part of our church. Not just come and sit and shake a hand and leave, but to actually be a part. If you're on my church email uh, every Wednesday morning, if you're not, I can add your email to the list. I'm very intentional. Okay? I try to be intentional with my words. And at the beginning of the long list of things that we have going on, I say, here are some ways that you can be a part. Here are ways your family can get involved more. It's just about priorities. I know some people are in busy seasons. I know some people are not as busy as season. But is our priority so much that we're, we prioritize watching TV for five hours a day? Maybe we could do something else with that. Instead of surfing the internet and seeing what everybody else is doing with their lives on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok, I don't know. Maybe we could not see what other people are doing, but do something to serve other people. They posted a, a solution. They, they were posing a solution. If you have a, grum, a grievance, a complaint, I'm not against complaining. As long as it's constructive. Let's do something about it. Or else we're just like the Israelites in the desert. Moses, Aaron, God, grumble and complaining. And God's like, I'm tired of you people. I'm tired of hearing it. I hope we're not just complaining for the sake of complaining, which can do damage to ourselves and our community. So, I, I want to make it better. I want us all together to make it better. I want us to take our time and our talents and our, and our energy and our resources. I want to be like the early church. They weren't perfect, but they were making progress. All serving, all giving, all loving together for the cause of Christ. How could you grow in that this week? What's one uh, way that you could Start serving if you're not already. If I know a lot of people do a lot of things here, but what's one way you could do? It's so easy to grumble. Kids are so good at complaining. Oh my goodness, if you're ever around a kid, it's like their language sometimes. They're an expert at it. When it's not fair, I want this. 
Sometimes we are like those children. What's that? 99.9% of their language. And then we become adults. And we don't have the wine in our voice, but we still complain. We just complain at a lower, more reasonable tone. And we gossip and we grumble and we do all these things still. May we not. May we stop complaining and start doing something. I like this quote. Teddy Roosevelt said, Complaining about a problem without posing a solution is called whining. (laughs) That's what kids do, right? Are we better than our kids? I hope so. So instead of finding faults, let's find some fixes together. If there's a problem, we want to solve it. Check out the beat while the DJ revolves it. Okay? Thank you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) If you've got a problem, let's solve it. Okay? And let's do something about it because there are people hurting in this world. There are people who need Jesus just like we went out yesterday and people needed Jesus and we were able to share Jesus and I gave her my number and I gave her church information and I said, we want to help you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you. You know, we're not going to pay all of somebody's bills because we just can't do that, but we can come around you and help and with physical needs, but especially with spiritual needs, it's a, it's a both and. It's not an either or. We want to help and be there. And uh, I hope that you'll be a part of that. Church isn't just something that you do. It's something that we are. Some people say, oh, let's go to church. Or I don't want to go to church. Or should we go to church this Sunday? It's not just a building. It's not just a place that we go to. You are the church. You are representing Troyview. We are the church, whether we're in this building or meeting out in the field or scattered around. We are the church of Jesus. And He has called us to do these things for His sake. Alright, let's finish. What did they do? What did they do? They got this problem. They got this complaint. Did they just whine about it? Did the leaders say, stop your whining, shut up and sit down? No, they did something about it. Verse 2, chapter 6, verse 2. So the twelve apostles called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Not that either one is more important than the other, but God called the apostles to do certain things and others to help in certain ways. We're all gifted, different abilities, okay? Food pro- programs are important too. Eating is important, okay? But we are called to do these things by Jesus. Verse 3. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected <clears throat> and are full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility of helping care for the widows. Because there is a complaint, there's a need, let's meet it. Verse 4, then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, which may be a first in a church business meeting, but everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, which we'll learn about next time, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Pumba, sorry, uh, I mean Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. Sort of a blessing, sending them out, commissioning them. So God's message, verse 7, continued to spread. They got more help. They got more volunteers. 
What effect did it have? God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests, Jewish priests, were converted too. They came to Jesus too. Last thought, you can write this down. Uh, to grow and thrive, let your deacon heart come alive. All right, that doesn't make a lot of sense. To grow and thrive, but it rhymes. Let your deacon heart come alive. Okay, so the word translated running a food program or waiting on tables or serving tables is the Greek word diakonos. Everybody say diakonos. Diakonos. We translate it as deacon in our English language. Have you ever heard the word deacon before? Ah, We have some official positions on our board of deacons. And we have a deacon's fund that serves people because the word deacon, diakonos, literally means uh, through the dirt. Through the dirt. It's like getting your hands dirty serving. I'm going to get in the trenches. I'm going to serve needs. We're getting our hands dirty. We're serving. We're helping people whatever they need help with that we can possibly help with. And so we have official deacons from this word and everybody else is an unofficial deacon because our call as followers of Jesus is we're all ministers. Some people say, you're the minister, Dan. No, we're all ministers. We're all servants. I may be the pastor, but Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's guiding myself and the elders and our board as we all go be ministers and servants and deacons in the world. And it's not a suggestion. <laughs> if you got time, if you're not too busy, if it's not too awkward, if it's not too uncomfortable, go ahead and serve, Jesus says. Right? No! no. He says, this is what we're called to do. Make time. Make the effort. Save some money back. Right? Give of yourself in every way. Make it a priority. Is serving a priority in your life and in the life of your family. Don't just go to church. Be the church. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir, to a lot of people here who are fantastic examples at being the church in the world. But we need to hear this. And all of us want to grow in this and step up. So that's how they fix this problem in the early church. And here comes my cowboy hat. Yeehaw. Eli likes it. But there's a point to this. Okay. So this is how they solved the problem in the early church. They got more people to help because they were having problems. All right. There was a lot of needs. And these leaders, they were wearing too many hats. Okay. They had too many jobs, just themselves. They were trying, you know, they were called, these apostles. Now you're going to see all my hats from all the other sermons, right? <laughs> How stupid does this look? All right, but you're going to remember this. They were called, these apostles, to, oh, here we go. <laughs> Arr, to minister, uh, to um, preach the word, to teach. See, I can't, I'm wearing too many hats. They were called to teach the word. They were called to preach the word. Thank you. They were called to uh, lead the church. And so they're trying to lead. They're trying to preach. They're, they're trying to spend time in prayer. 
Who is this hat? I don't know who this hat is. <laughs> who? Who is this hat? It's a joke. Never mind. My kids don't like that joke either. They were trying to do all these things, and now they got this need for widows helping, right? So now they're trying to. This is some of my kids' hats. So now they're trying to serve. <clears throat> Both the church and pray and spend time praying and preparing teaching and preaching and do all this stuff. And now they got the widow's needs. Oh, here's a really good one. You guys will like this a lot. (laughs) Rachel gave me a red hat and she's like, Dan, you could use this tomorrow. And I was like, oh, let me go put this in a trash can. Thank you so much. Oh, I used to say that I'm a Reds fan now because the Indians changed their name to the G word, but... It's still kind of hard to change. And they were barely getting along, right? They were trying to teach and preach and spend time praying to do these things, but they needed help. These widows, you know, they're soldiers for Christ, right? These widows, they needed food. They needed, I'm just stacking now, they needed um, practical things in their life, right? And we needed, they needed help guarding their um, spiritual matters, their physical matter. I don't know. Fill in the blank. I'm almost done here. Okay. But see, it got to be too much for these one people. And they were really forcing a lot. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's a good one. Maybe this will be a good one for the top. hey <laughs> If I can get the hat to stay up. All right. They had a pretty good feline. Sorry, feeling cat in the hat. That's not it. This is bad. So, oh, no, but they, oh, they were wearing too many hats. See, that's the problem. When a small amount of people are, there was batteries in that one. That's for the, the light. Okay. When a small amount of people are trying to do everything, it's just too much. It's too much. They can't do it all. And you know what? I told you earlier. Was it like 10%, 20% of people do almost all the work? I'm just telling you, it takes everybody stepping up. I love this passage in Acts because they're like, there's a need. We're having a problem. There's complaints. And these other people are like, I'll do it. I'll serve. I'll step up. I'll take some of your hats off of you that you can't wear because you're just trying to be preacher and teacher and spending all this time in prayer, the apostles were doing, and serving and maintaining the playground and doing the audiovisual and distributing the food and fixing up the church building and mowing the lawn and preparing serve teams and loving our city and doing all this stuff. On and on and on. Wearing too many hats. And I wonder if these apostles were like burning out and they were exhausted and, and they had such huge hearts and they wanted to serve. They wanted to do all these things. But guess what? We all, all only have so many hours in the day to do stuff. And maybe they had families they went to, you know, uh, work hard and then they go home and then they got to disciple and train their kids too. That's what I'm getting at. And so when these other people, Stephen included, and Philip, who you'll get to know soon, when they took some of these hats off of the apostles and say, I'll do this ministry, 
I'll serve in this way. I'll step up. I'll lead these volunteers. I'll distribute the food to the widows. I'll help lead the, the deacons and the servants. And then you can just focus, you apostles, focus on what God has specifically called you to do. Teaching and preaching and praying. Sharing the good news of Jesus. Not that we don't do that over here, but we do more administrative, more organizational, more um, practical needs, we could say, of their church building or of the, the people in their church. Let me just take some of these hats off of you and lighten your burden because I'm passionate about serving too and there's a need and I must step up. That's what they did. These leaders, they were wearing too many hats. And... Sometimes your leaders at Troyview feel like this too. And we need some help too. That's why on the back of your insert, you'll notice a Troyview Serve A. I <laughs> get it. Troyview Serve A. Now we've done this before. And I thank you for those who filled this out before. But things change and people change. And maybe you have never filled one out. Now you can write this here. Or you can do the survey online on your phone. You just go to this link. And if you need a magnifying glass, I'm sorry, because there are a lot of needs. And there are a lot of ways that we try to help and serve and love and give and be the church in our city. And there's a lot of things that I would love to see happen that just don't happen. And there's a lot of things that I do that I would love for someone else to step up and serve with so I can do more pastor stuff. Do you know that some weeks I feel like a pretty bad pastor? I'm just being honest. Some weeks I, I feel like I'm not very good at pastoring. <clears throat> Leading the flock. Teaching. Preaching God's Word. Because I'm doing other things. I'm pulling weeds out of the playground. Or I, I don't want to go down the list. Because I don't want to do that. But I need your help. And I need to get better at asking. I'm aware of that. You know, sometimes it's easier to just do something yourself. You ever had that? Or you have a kid and you're like, I could spend 20 extra minutes getting them to take out the trash. Or I could spend 30 seconds taking out the trash myself. <laughs> but guess what? When that kid learns to take out the trash and they just do it themselves after a while, that really helps. And so I want to be better and I want to delegate more responsibility and I want to take the time that it does to do that. And I need your help. I want to be a better pastor. To be a better pastor, we need more I don't know, deacons. More people with serving deacon hearts who can help with some of these things. And maybe, um, I know Kent does a lot. I know Chris does a lot. I shouldn't name names. I know there are, because I'm going to miss somebody and I don't want to miss somebody. I know there are many people here who do a lot. But if you haven't picked a serving opportunity yet. Or maybe there is something you could do. That's right up your alley with your gifts and talents and abilities. Or maybe it's not and you want to take a risk and try something new. Because like yesterday, Jesus didn't say, only the introverts, excuse me, only the extroverts are called to evangelize, right? Jesus didn't say that. He said, do this, do this, do this. So some things we're just called to do. Be a witness. But other things, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you have a computer and you'd like to help me edit the worship service every week or do the podcast. Right? Do we reach people all around the world? Philippines people watch us. India people watch Troy View Church. Did you know that? Hi in India. Hi in the Philippines. Russ McGaw, he watches us every week in Florida. Hey, Russ. We're reaching around the world. 
So maybe you could help with some tech stuff. Maybe you could help uh, with our website or social media or graphic design. We got stuff. We got a design. Maybe you could help uh, maintain the playground and maybe start a jail ministry or help with our homeless ministry or our food ministry or the nursery. You know, um, every week it gets tore up in there. I don't think we have that many babies, but it gets torn up in there. And we, we could use some more help cleaning, picking things up afterward. And I mean, just on and on and on and on and on. I'm not going to spend time going through all this because you can take it home. And you can look at that and you can pick something and you can tell me, Dan, I picked something and I'll say, what? And I'll say, let's do it. I want to release you for serving in that way. Did you know that it's not the pastor and the leader's job to do all the ministry? Did you know, I, I appreciate that Troy View Church pays me to be full-time pastor. I'm very appreciative, very grateful to all of you. Some people can kind of think it's a, I don't want to put this on anybody here, but I pay the pastor and so he does the ministry. He does that for me. That's why I pay him. Like, you pay Uber and they give you a ride. You pay DoorDash and they bring you food. You, you pay for a service and they do it, right? We kind of have this consumer mentality. You pay the pastor and that's what he's supposed to do. But the, lead, the, the role of the pastor and the leaders in the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Not to do all the ministry. And I don't. There's many other people who do the ministry. But we always need more. We always need more. And I would love to equip some saints here for the work of the ministry. So we can grow and flourish and not just maintain and not just decline a little bit, but thrive and multiply and magnify God and help people know Jesus and serve their not only spiritual needs, but their physical needs as well. So please, please, let's do this. Let's not be a consumer church where you know I put in my money and that means they do everything. They, they serve me. No, that's a restaurant. That's how a restaurant works. You pay, they give you food. How a church works is you give all of you. We give all of us time, talent, treasure, and we are a part of this thing together. United. One body, many parts, serving together. I like this D.L. Moody quote, if you know him. Uh, pastor, theologian, teacher. He's, he said, it's better to put ten men to work than to try to do the work of ten men. That's how some of your leaders feel sometimes. There's a lot to plan for camp and the youth group and mentoring and everything that Chris does and everything that everybody else does, right? These leaders. It's a lot. And we need your help. We need your help. <laughs> There's a lot of ministry to be done. And I feel burnt out and exhausted sometimes. And I, I want to release that ministry to you so you feel the, the power and having God work through you. So you're, I can train you to go visit the hospitals and to care for the sick and the nursing homes and do home visits and the, helping the widows with home repairs and, and with food. Like, there are a lot of things that the deacons do that just people do on down this list that you can be a part of. Will you be a part? <laughs> Is a question. Are you willing to step up and to help some people here in our church who are just playing, wearing too many hats? You know what happens when you do so many things, when you multitask? You do a lot of things poorly, don't you? 
What happens when you can focus on a few things? You do those few things well. <laughs> you try to multitask and it doesn't work very well. I know, I've tried it. And I mess up over here and I'm trying to talk to this person. Well, it doesn't work. Many of your leaders are trying to multitask, do all these different things. When God has told us to focus on these few things, each person, to spread the work out together uh, to everybody. Get everybody on board. And how much more ministry can God do through 60 people than six people? I'm telling you, it's a lot. And I want so bad. I desire for God to work through Troy View Church to do amazing things in our community. Not for our glory, but for the glory of Jesus. So how could you minister more? How could you serve more? Make it a priority. Maybe turn off the Netflix show and go do something. You can even do stuff on your computer from home. Editing, graphic, social media, website, you know, different things you can do on your computer, on your phone, calling people, texting people, asking how they need help, how, how you can encourage them, all that stuff. The more we de are devoted to God and to serving others, the more God will work in us and through us for His glory. And I really, really, really want to see that happen. I really do. And then we can have a similar result to that early church, growing Thriving, multiplying. Will you, will you enlist in the, the army of Troyview with me, with us? Will you be along the ride? Not, I'll send out a clip this week, but not, you're not in a cruise ship, you're in a battleship. Right? We are soldiers for the Lord, serving together, not sitting back sipping a drink out of a coconut on a you know, reclining chair next to the pool. No! We're in the trenches together serving and ministering. So we're going to sing our last song. And as we do, I just want to publicly say that I am very sincerely, deeply, profoundly appreciative and grateful for those of you that do so much. Uh, we could not be Troyview Church without you. We could not do what we do and preach and lead and train and equip uh, the work of the ministry without you. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to, to those of you that do so much, who do anything. And I just also want to publicly say for those of you who aren't serving right now or, or not serving very much that it's time. It's time to step up. It's time to get involved. It's time to be more apart. It's time to get going. Pick out a hat, any hat, I don't care. You want the Baby Yoda one? That's cute. You can wear a cowboy hat, I'll let you wear my cowboy hat. Pick something, a job to do. Oh, Eli wants it. Here he goes, here he goes. This will fit you pretty well. Yeehaw. He's a good cowboy. Let's stand and sing praises to our Savior who served us with literally everything that he had, including his life.
with me? Heavenly Father, we do put our trust in you. We do surrender our lives to you. You are our everything. And I pray that you would empower us, not just to believe that, not just to trust that, but to live that out this week. To be your people in this world, doing what you called us to do, being who you called us to be, speaking to who you called us to speak, saying the words that you want us to say, serving how, you, uh, how they need us to serve, representing you and your son Jesus in this world in great and powerful ways. Work through us. Give us courage and wisdom and strength to, to know how best to impact people, to know where best, to know what we need to give, and, and to give it freely, willingly. Because you've called us to something so much greater than just serving ourselves and a me, myself, and I culture. Help us to live out our lives for your glory and the good of others. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Oh, yeehaw.